Uh, dude, one thing I wanted to uh, kind of brag on real quick mm-hmm. is just how awesome our listeners are. Yeah. You know, sometimes they make self-sacrifices. Hmm. And one in particular, Julie out in Texas, her and her husband did something super daring. Ooh. And uh, that is they watched the new Cats movie. Oh, God. That is daring. And they confirmed it is, in fact, terrible. Well, I thought you were going to say terrifying because... Oh, and terrifyingly terrible, I should say. <laughs> it, I mean, It actually, it really does holy, legitimately look scary to me. Well, I mean, it doesn't look scary to me necessarily, but it's definitely weird. And like the fact that they released it without like finishing, you know, all the CGI and there's just a bunch of weird stuff. I don't know. I feel like I still have to see it though, just to kind of experience the, yeah, how bad yeah. it is. I, I don't mean scary in the sense of like, oh, it's like a horror movie scary. I mean like the way they look, like the, character design and maybe it is that they left you know cgi off or something but my mm-hmm. god it looks it's crazy too because it's like the cast is pretty unbelievable mm-hmm. uh the other day speaking of listeners uh i was kind of having a conversation with clay mm-hmm. one of the original yeah, one of the OG listeners of the podcast and we were talking music and stuff and we were talking about how amazing it would have been to and i know i just went from cats it just got me thinking about music, and then this kind of reminded me. So that's the, where my train of thought mm-hmm. is. But how amazing would it have been to have witnessed the early, like one of the first shows of bands like Devo or mm. Talking Heads? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like because, of course, everyone knows Devo. When they think of Devo, they think of like the crazy sort of like red. Uh, geom- like the helmets, you know, and everybody's dressed the same. When they think of the talking heads, I'm not sure what they think of. Well, I mean, definitely David, David Byrne. Yeah, and like the way he sings, and like just as an example, uh, the song Psycho Killer, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Imagine, I, I sometimes just kind of imagine myself just being a music fan. I'm in a poorly lit bar, mm-hmm. some hole in the wall little place where there's only like room for 150 people, and then seeing him commit to that song and singing it and just being just blown away yeah. man you know yeah speaking of good songs why don't you slap that intro button son Ooh. hey boys and girls welcome back to that would be rad the podcast that majors in 80s and 90s nostalgia, comic culture, all things paranormal, and minors in retro video games, tabletop RPGs, pre-internet mysteries, and raising our kids to be half as cool as we were back in the 80s. I'm your host, Tyler Bentz, and this is your other host, Woody Brown. What are we talking about today, man? Man, I can't get off this music topic. Oh, you yeah, know, me like too, I, man. I, I, we, music has been such a humongous part of our lives yeah. ever since we were kids making mixtapes. I know that that's probably true for you too, right? I mean, um, yeah, we went from making mixtapes to making albums. Yeah, our own albums, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, there's just so much about music and bands and rock and roll and stuff that is super intriguing. And the other day, I started like kind of getting into and, re- and being reminded of all the crazy sort of conspiracy theories that surround mm. rock and roll. I mean, there's just so many yeah. is the thing. Yeah. You know, I think one of the first ones I ever sort of learned about was, of course, the Paul McCartney being killed in a car accident, and then the Beatles replacing him with a, uh, you know, like a... uh, Like a double. I don't know, like a stand-in, a look-alike. Which we're absolutely doing a full episode on that, like on the Paul is Dead. Um, Mm -hmm. There's a documentary. It's crazy, man. (laughs) No, you go ahead. I was just going to say that, you know, growing up, the Beatles were one of my favorite Mm -hmm. bands. And when I heard that... It is weird, you know? Yeah. Well, the, uh, that I mean, man, there's some great documentaries out on YouTube. I think I think there's one that's like, I don't know, I think it's like three hours long or something. But, and it may, I may be confusing this, but I think it's called like The Winged Beetle or something. Mm-hmm. But, it, you know, it, it's kind of like a slideshow type thing. I mean, clearly somebody, you know, it's probably like a homemade type thing. But, man, the amount of information is pretty amazing. I mean, you know, down to like the how his like earlobes looked and and the thing is is like not to get totally into this because again i want to do a full episode but basically what we're talking about if you've never heard about this apparently in the 60s early beatlemania had hit the beatles were beloved you know and then apparently paul mccartney 
the real Paul McCartney died in a car crash. And mm-hmm. they, instead of like breaking up the band and stopping the momentum, they ended up finding a guy that had won a Paul McCartney lookalike contest mm-hmm. who actually turned out to be actually a better singer than Paul McCartney. And, you know, what we can gather, an even better songwriter. So, um, and apparently there were a lot of things between John Lennon kind of being resentful about it all these years. And even Ringo came out several years ago and made some comments about it. And um, it's wild. Yeah, we'll have to di- we'll have to dive into that yeah. one just separately because there's a lot of details. I, I remember seeing one when I was in high school where it talked about um, they did some sort of like vocal analysis. Mm. And compared, I don't think I've heard that. You know, the early, the early one to the later one, and, and you know, there's, I don't know, there's just all kinds of stuff. I, um, I don't know if I believe that one, but anyway, so oh, I do, man. Uh, of course you do. I have uh, kind of found a couple of others that I had either kind of heard of before or just had never heard before. Mm. You know, like I mean, obviously there's conspiracies surrounding Kurt Cobain's death. Oh yeah. Well, I don't want to get into that yet. There were a bunch of sort of. Um, Oh gosh, what's it called? Like urban legends too mm-hmm. that surrounded some musicians in the nineties. Like, do you remember there were some nasty ones that surrounded Alanis Morissette? Oh well, um, those are actually true. The which, which, I don't know which one you're talking about. I don't really want to say the one I'm talking about. Well, on the air because it's not. Well, I'm talking about the 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 one where uh, you ought to know because. I went through a phase where I was a huge Jagged Little Pill I was obsessed with. It was amazing, and mm. I really liked Glenn Ballard, the guy who produced it. Yeah, that song that... Oh, and actually, another side note, Taylor Hawkins played drums for her. Yeah, that's the only reason... That's the only thing I liked yeah. about Linus Morissette was Taylor Hawkins. Well, she she was amazing, I thought. Uh, dude, you're crazy. Um, I never liked her, man. I, Uninvited was cool. Uh, but anyway, uh, she... That, that hey, song... She doesn't talk like that. Why does she sing like that, man? Hate it. She's Canadian. It's just you know how they are. That's not. Um, But she canceled. She uh, (laughs) (laughs) she yeah. That the her main song you ought to know, which was sort of like very like vengeful and full of vitriol, and uh, was written about Dave Coulier, the guy from Full House. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, that wasn't what I was talking. I was talking like real bizarre stuff. What are you talking about? Um, Dude, I heard this. Nah, man, I can't say it on the podcast. No, just get into it, man. No, no, no. It's it's gross and like. Well, I mean, we uh, can we can cut it, but like, yeah, I'll cut it out. But anyways, it is the grossest thing ever. There was like this urban legend, or at least like a rumor around my school that Alanis Morissette had to cancel some tour or something because she had to get her stomach pumped from. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of like the Marilyn Manson one where <laughs> just disgusting that's anyway awesome. okay now here's one here, well this one is more of like all encompassing and I know you've heard of this and I'm which, sure our listeners which, have too by the way I, ha- I have no idea what, what where you're going yeah, so I know I'm excited pre- well I mean you've been busy and I, I gotta tell you listeners if you're already excited that Tyler's back after just one guest appearance mm-hmm. or a guest host show I think he felt the heat of how well Woodrow did oh I have I 100 that is the he's only gonna, reason he's, he's he's got you in the sights man he's trying to take over your job I mean I was like this kid is really doing great and then he and then he took my tagline at the end. I mean, golly, man, he's, uh, that's the only reason I'm here because I was like, yeah. I can't let well, that. I got to do something. I got to draw faster. Anyway, yeah. I mean, I'm drawing yeah. right now, actually. Yeah. Well, just make sure you get those lines nice mm-hmm. and tight. Mm-hmm. All right. So I'm sure people have heard of this one. I know you have because we've actually talked about this before, and that's the curse of the Twenty Seven Club. Yep. Now, if you haven't heard of this, basically, it kind of goes like this. Here, here it is in short. Mm-hmm. Humongous music legends i mean people that for as long as we're able to talk about music Mm -hmm. as human beings after they have lived people are going to be talking about these people robert johnson Mm -hmm. Jimi hendrix brian jones jim morrison janice joplin kurt cobain and amy winehouse what do they all have in common they died at 27 yeah dude at the age of 27 so i mean obviously when there's that many yeah 
It's real hard to think of it as a coincidence. Wait a minute. Did Robert Johnson died at 27? Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, I didn't know that. Hmm. I know his big... Yeah, we'll get to that one later. Okay, okay. But I didn't know that he died at 27. I thought he was like an older dude, but wow. That's where the term 27 club mm-hmm. kind of comes in. Now, if you ask me, do I think there was some sort of deal that was made, kind of like what we'll get into with Robert Johnson, and at 27, you know, somebody's coming to collect? Or do I think... These folks sort of just grew so rapidly in popularity Mm. that ultimately they were sort of their own demise. I mean, I think there is something to comedians, musicians, um, even actors, where the more sort of not inner turmoil that they have, Mm -hmm. sometimes the things that they create, you know, just... The stories that they tell, I should say, yeah. uh, are just that much more powerful. And I think because of fame and all of that, mm-hmm. you know, coupled with their own sort of depression or anything that they're dealing with, addiction, all this, they just kind of, because they have more access to everything, they mm-hmm. kind of just go off the deep end. Um, yeah, end but, but it's, uh, I, think, I think we should say that all those in the 27 Club that died at 27, not necessarily... It's, they didn't all die from like suicide or right. You know what I mean. So it's not mm-hmm. like it's not like well, I'm 27. Time to mm-hmm. time to kick on off this mortal coil. Yeah, yeah I, I there's a quote too from maybe Jimmy Page or Robert Plant or something. Basically, that you know after 27, you're you know as a, a musician as a, a a part of the zeitgeist or pop culture. You don't really have anything else to offer as far as like being in a band and being like a lyricist. It's like you're, you know, it's like that's like the height of your, how do I explain, like that youthful kind of energy. After that, you kind of settle into being an adult and, you know, which I I don't really know. You know, I don't know if if maybe maybe the, the, the concept of the 27 Club was because of that statement. You know, like it's like, well, mm-hmm. they're they've sort of accomplished what they needed to accomplish, and then you know, off yeah. they go. Well, it's interesting too because if you think about all of your favorite bands, after maybe a decade's mm-hmm. worth of albums, they start to that's what I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, they start to get like bored with their sound, and so they evolve a little bit, and sometimes that works in their favor, sometimes it doesn't really. Yeah, the one good thing the Beatles kind of had going for them is if you really look at their album releases all the albums that they released were really done over the span of like nine years. Which is wild. Yeah, I know. So they kind of like pulled a Seinfeld and just kind of stopped and went their own way. Yeah. And because of that, they sort of individually evolved a little bit, Mm. but you can still kind of go back and enjoy those Beatles records Mm -hmm. without fear of it just being like, ooh, you know, I mean, yes, sure. The Rolling Stones are still kicking it. I have my own theories on that, that being that they're just like robots or something. But, you know, <laughs> well, I, tr- I, truth be told, like they may cr- like write one really killer song per album that they're releasing. Yeah, that yeah, thing, you know? definitely. And, and I, think, I think there's also a, a strong possibility yeah. that Keith Richards could be, possibly be the Count of St. Germain. And, well, and that's not necessarily on the list, but... Kind of it is. So let's just keep rolling. Oh, man. So let's talk about Jim Morrison real quick. Mm-hmm. Right, Coming right off of the 27 Club, he is a quote-unquote member of the 27 yep. Club because on July 3rd, 1971, mm-hmm. uh, allegedly, his partner Pamela Corson found him dead in the bathtub of her Paris apartment. Yep. You know, some eyewitnesses kind of speculate that he died from a heroin overdose this is interesting. There's no autopsy report that was done. Nope. So the official cause of death was "quote unquote" heart failure. Now, yeah. Well, and, and there's no technical. I mean, this is kind of the same as no autopsy, but there's no like coroner's report either. I don't. Think. Right. According to so this is what where it gets it starts to get a little crazy. According to English singer Marianne Faithful, mm-hmm. Morrison was killed by her then boyfriend, who was a drug dealer named Jean de Bretuil. Please forgive my French. Uh, and then other people have just said that, you know, he died somewhere like in a nightclub and then was moved to the bathtub so that the establishment where he was, the nightclub, could avoid like legal responsibility. Mm-hmm. Apparently, even Doors keyboardist Ray Manzarek mm-hmm. got into kind of 
talking about that Morrison maybe never died at all. Yeah, that's what I've heard. And there have been reports that he was seen in you know different American cities all around the world, Australia, Tibet. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of just like really diving into that sort of lizard king, yeah, mystique and life. I mean, what do you what do you think about that? I mean, well, uh, I'm a huge uh, Jim Morrison fan. I, I love the Doors. I I read a book years ago from the drummer, and I, for some odd reason, I cannot think of his name at the moment, but um, it was really great and like really a, a cool uh, sort of view at it was an interesting way at looking at Morrison instead of looking at him as like a front man it was a way that you're sort of able to see him as like the band leader you know from like the drummer's standpoint Mm -hmm. um and yeah he was a really interesting guy because he and I mean this I could spin off into a lot of stuff with this but um (laughs) he he started off you know he kind of went from zero to full-on like rock and roll icon. Uh, you know, a lot of people say that he had like an eating disorder. You know, others say that it was just the drugs and he just kind of stopped eating because he was like really, you know, super skinny and uh, sort of emaciated at times. But there there was never, he kind of did like a Robert Johnson thing where it's like he, the people that knew him and the people that were around him said that he kind of disappeared for a short time and then he kind of showed back up and everything was like kind of set up and he was... He was, the drummer did? Uh, no, no, no. There, I'm just saying like as far as like just Jim Morrison in general. Oh, like, okay, okay, okay. He kind of disappeared for, you know, I don't know how long it was, maybe several months or something, but then kind of came back like Robert Johnson did, and he had a whole new sort of icon persona, you know, front man mm-hmm. of like a legendary rock band kind of thing. And uh, a lot of people sort of have wondered or sort of alleged that, that possibly, again, this could kind of go off into a lot of stuff, but the, it was kind of like an, an engineered sort of thing. And so, yeah. because for a lot of people that don't know, and again, I, I know that you weren't counting on me like responding with this, but a lot of people that don't know, uh, Jim Morrison was part of this kind of Laurel Canyon group in the 60s that if you really start looking into it, these mm-hmm. guys were, these these musicians were all kids of, high up CIA operatives. And so like his dad was a like an admiral in the navy and mm. he sort of had a lot of things to do with like the Gulf of Tonkin which inevitably you know start kicked off the Vietnam War. You know, so there's a lot of like kind of stuff with that. I kind of think though that you know you look at Morrison at the height of his stardom and you know, he he is sort of the iconic rock star, I guess, if you would look at. But, you know, at the end, he kind of went through sort of an Elvis phase and he got really fat. And I think there is, I think there could definitely be something with, you know, with him being, you know, not really dead. And I think there's a possibility that Elvis kind of did the same thing. Hmm. Man, it's super interesting. I mean, especially, I mean, you know, it would have been a lot easier in a way to kind of mm-hmm. fake like if a pop star was like, you know what, I've, I've just had it and this isn't really what I want and I'm bored with this, mm-hmm. I'm just going to kind of disappear. You guys can create whatever story you want. Yeah. I think it would have been yeah, I think it sure. would have been much easier to do that back then when everybody's not, you know, taking pictures all the time of everything. Yeah. And so, you know, that that is what makes it more plausible for sure, you know. Mm-hmm. Man, there's so many of these that I want to keep getting into, but before we do... We will return after these messages. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mmm. What flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Tyler, man, you know, there's one thing that got me through this COVID craziness. I got in the mail a couple of items from our merch store. Mm. And I got to tell you, man, this crew neck sweater is maybe one of the most comfortable things I've ever worn. The inside of it is like, I don't know how to explain it, man. I, I'm, I'm never going to take this thing off. Wait a minute. We have sweaters? I mean, you know what I'm saying. Sweatshirts. This sweatshirt is the most comfortable thing I have ever put on. I also got this like really cool trucker cap that says B-Rad on it. I mean, mm-hmm. I think if people haven't already, they need to go check out our merchandise store. They can find it at shop.spreadshirt.com slash that would be rad. So again, that's shop.spreadshirt.com. That would be rad. America's future can be determined by our dreams and our visions. It was very For over 200 years, there have been reports of giant man-like creatures. From another dimension, another world, I don't know. The most intriguing mystery on the North American continent. You're listening to That Would Be Rad. Now, moving away from like the, the 27 Club for just a second, this one I had never heard of and apparently, I guess, has taken the internet by storm maybe like almost 20 years ago now, which is kind of weird to think about, but mm-hmm. kind of close to that Paul is dead theme. I didn't know that there was a conspiracy about Avril Lavigne. Oh, yeah, that she's a clone. Yeah, that she's like a, this this clone, and apparently like yeah. around 2003 or so, allegedly... She was replaced by uh, someone named Melissa Vendela because Hmm. allegedly after Avril Lavigne's grandfather died, she was super depressed and being fed up with the celebrity lifestyle kind of um, Mm -hmm. ended up kind of taking her own life, allegedly. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. And so Hmm. there is this fan page, I guess, that originated in in Brazil, which is like the, 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 uh, I don't know, there's just all kinds of stuff that happens in Brazil apparently, like aliens yeah. and all this kind of stuff. Well, and also my favorite uh, artist phenomenon, Raphael Grandpa. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. On this fan page, there's all kinds of, you know, quote-unquote evidence that includes Avril Lavigne wearing dresses instead of pants at various award shows and how her sort of, like, style has changed in a weird way over mm-hmm. the years. And, you know, even... Which I I, I think, as, you know, as a true believer, probably more so than yourself, like... To me, that that doesn't mean anything. Yeah. To me, that's like a little bit of a reach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, but it's funny because a lot of these, as bizarre as they are, there's mm-hmm. a lot of, like, there's this cult following for all of these conspiracy theories. I mean, oh yeah. and it's funny kind of mm-hmm. like talking about it now and like with kind of what's going on, I would say this week, last week or whatever, you know, there's that new documentary about Britney Spears. I haven't seen it, but apparently, you know, it's kind of intense with regard to like her father basically taking like legal, um, yeah, the free Britney, uh, yeah, the free Britney movement, and then you know, yeah, it's it's that's really sad. Which, which if you didn't know, there's also a a clone theory with with Britney Spears as well. Oh, really? Yeah, and she's you know again this kind of this could go off into a huge thing, but like uh, for our listeners who don't know, there's a thing called MK Ultra, which is a sort of government. In introduced uh, mind control type thing. I think it was created by the CIA and it was at, what is it called? It's called like Ravenwood, mm-hmm. I believe, mm-hmm. which, you know, that's part of the thing. And then like the Montauk project, these are all sort of things that actually really happened. I mean, there's, there's real documentation um, about mind control and that would later on inspire uh, the Duffer brothers to create Stranger Things. But 
Yeah, the the MK Pro, uh, MK Ultra program, or it's also called Project Monarch. Mm. These are things that basically these these people are taken in. Well, there's several kind of things. Like one one of the the theories is basically they're they're kind of taken in and they're given this sort of ultimatum of okay, we're going to make you a star, we're going to make you huge, but you have to go along with everything we say. So they give them a handler, they give them which is like a person who's with them all the time. And then they can do certain like um, like hand movements or say like a certain word or something. And again, it's like all mind control. It's all based on like brainwashing techniques. And, and I mean, this is all documented stuff from our government. These are programs that they created to, to use against, you know, foreign enemies, mm-hmm. basically. And so, you know, a lot of people believe that uh, the guy that killed John Lennon was part of uh, MK Ultra program, but Britney Spears was one. And so, so basically, what they do is they create a, a, a another persona which basically can handle all the rigors of, of like celebrity and stuff. So they do all these kind of techniques and to kind of break down your your psyche. You know, a lot of it gets pretty dark. I mean, a lot mm-hmm. of it can get into like torture and really sort of like sadistic kind of like techniques. Mm. So it, it puts so much strain on a person's psyche or their like personality that as a coping mechanism, the human the human brain will create an alter personality. Mm-hmm. And so when they do that, you know, somehow I, I don't know all the the ins and outs of it. You know, a lot of it's like the like a clockwork orange, Stanley Kubrick. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of the stuff they, they show in that movie is, you know, kind of what they what they do in, in the actual the real MK Ultra, but they figure out a way that they can do these sort of the handler can do these sort of like, you know, a hand signal or a gesture or a word or something like a, you know, like a code word basically that, that like makes the person like split into that altered, altered personality Mm -hmm. almost. Mm -hmm. And it's, I mean, it's really dark and, and, you know, again, you can go down to like into crazy altered states. Uh, Another funny thing about this is um, just as an aside, Another guy that was huge in the Laurel Canyon group, uh, you know, with Jim Morrison, is Frank Zappa. And actually, Frank Zappa's dad was a CIA uh, head high up in the CIA who actually worked at Edgewood, uh, which was, you know, where we know that, like, the MK Ultra, like, the mind control program was created. Wow. Sorry. I, <laughs> yeah, much. I mean, there's, there's, a, yeah, I don't know that the documentary is about that, but that is super interesting, man, for sure. I mean, no, I'm sure it's not. Of course, there's that 80s movie, Altered States, that kind of, you know, goes know into that stuff. Movie. It's pretty cool, man. I didn't know about that. Uh, interesting about like basically her being used as a, um, you know, an experiment or whatever. Mm-hmm. Bad news. It looks like her sort of like, I don't know that she handled it or could have handled it, you know, and it's sad. Mm-hmm. I think this documentary is more along the lines of like how, you know, she was kind of just like wronged in general or whatever. Yeah, which I think her situation is really, really sad because, oh, well, a- a- another theory with how they sort of create these celebrities or they sort of engineer these things is like, you know, like I said earlier, instead of approaching these celebrities as they're getting big and saying, hey, we can make you a a star that'll be an international icon. The other, the other possibility or theory is that they're completely engineered from the beginning. So Mm -hmm. I've also heard that theory, especially with Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera. Engineered meaning? Well, engineered in the sense that they were Instead of like us, you know, we started a band, we started writing songs, we started mm-hmm. touring or, you know, playing out, and then that moved to touring, then that moved to, you know, and you kind of build this sort of organic, natural momentum, you know, these sort of government agencies, or maybe even sort of like shadow or black sort of, not necessarily like quote unquote government, but like, you know, they approach these these people, Britney Spears, for example, she can't really sing you know, back in the day, she's she's pretty, she's young. So, like, let's just approach this girl because that's that's another thing that's interesting with the CIA is like they've had a hand long, like in pop culture and sort of the zeitgeist for a long, long, long time. Like, you know, much earlier than even like Beatles mania and like all that stuff. So apparently, you know, and it's kind of to push this sort of agenda. So. The, the the concept that that uh, or the theory that that Britney Spears was basically kind of plucked out of this Louisiana town 
you know, she's just like, oh, it's, it's just she's a dumb redneck who can't sing, but she's pretty and young. So let's take her and let's engineer her into let's manufacture her basically into this this pop star. Let's write all of her songs. Mm -hmm. You know, she can't sing, but, you know, now we're at the the height of using like Pro Tools and Autotune and we can, you know, we have software that can make her sing. Oh, yeah. And um, it's kind of like they, they built it and then, you know, she, her persona, she just, she collapsed under the pressure mm -hmm. of it. And then her dad, especially, who is uh, playing the role of her manager, you know, that's his, not his export, but like his, his product, that's how his yeah. money's, <clears throat> yeah, well, his product, And you know, like I money. think that's partially what the documentary is about is more along the lines yeah. of how, you know, he took... Um, I forget what is conservatorship. Is that what it is? Where he basically has control of all of her money, dude, and has it for the past like yeah. twenty years or something. And so well, she's just and, held and her though, huh? and her though. It's like yeah, yeah, yeah. right, right. She right. can't even do anything. Yeah, she can't go anywhere. She can't do anything. And you know, I think the poor girl, you know, needs needs some uh, help in terms of mental health and stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's just unfortunate. I mean, the, the I don't know if. Uh, the CIA, you know, is to I would say credit or blame for um, mm -hmm. that whole like early two thousands pop music stuff. But most of it all was actually certainly manufactured. All the songs were written by the same yeah. songwriting team, mm -hmm. and then that kind of trickled into and still does, especially since nobody really pays attention to liner notes anymore because yep. everybody buys or listens to their songs online. You know, mm -hmm. you don't really know who's who's writing these songs, right. but we know of a lot of songwriting teams, people that we knew back in the day, people that have since moved to Nashville, that kind of thing, that mm -hmm. essentially just write for all of them. So the radio, when you turn it on, you're listening to sort of newer pop music or even like country mm -hmm. songs and stuff like that. It's all being written. It's just sung by different people, but it's all being written by sort of the same group of songwriter songwriting individuals and stuff. So yeah, yeah, that and and that sort of cut you off. But that that's an interesting thing too, because Nashville, since I think like the mid to early '90s, it's like like what you're saying is like the same twelve people mm -hmm. have literally written ninety five percent of any song mm -hmm. on the radio. Yeah, which is insane. Yeah. And that's why, like, when certain artists look, I don't really listen to country basically at all. Yeah. But when certain artists come out, that it's just immediately evident that, that these people are like real. They mm -hmm. write their own songs, and you can hear it in their lyrics. You can hear it in the way that they like sing. Like Stephen Wilson Jr. Stephen Wilson Jr. Um, Tyler Tyler Childers, I think, is his name. Like that mm -hmm. stuff is is the real deal. And that you know, when that yeah. happens, it's like good music. And good songwriting is relatively universal, whether it's hip hop yeah. or R and B or country music or rock and roll. If it's a good songwriter, then you can hear it, despite what mm -hmm. your favorite genre is. You know. Yeah. Okay. A couple of more sort of like quick ones because uh, we're getting a little long in the tooth here. Some of these that are just so bizarre. You know, a lot of them. I'll kind of skip through some that I think people may have heard. You know, there's mystery surrounding Jimi Hendrix's death, and there might might have been some CIA involvement and some sort of well, greed in regards to like a life insurance policy on him and all kinds of stuff. Well, and also his, you know, his manager was actually previously an MI6, which is basically the Br the British CIA. So there's stuff like which, that. It's all tied together, man. Exactly. But this one, this one kind of like I love those, but I also love the ones that are just so weird that it's just hilarious. So there's one I've never heard this before that John Lennon was killed by Stephen King. What? Like as in the author Stephen King. I have never heard of this. Yeah, and I'm usually up on all this stuff, but I've <laughs> this is one that I've never heard of. So yeah, I the funny thing is. It's so ridiculous that you're like, well, why? I don't, you know, it's clearly Mark David Chapman, the guy that shot him mm -hmm. on that fateful Which day. I, I never can remember his name. Yeah, it's always that weird, like, sort of like, you know, it's hard. Like three, three name, name people, man. It's just like yeah. immediately, if you ever meet somebody like that, you might want to, you know, find <laughs> yeah. the exit. Mm -hmm. So, which, which, by the way, sorry to cut yeah. you off, and I'm, you actually may eventually get into this, but Stephen, you said Stephen David Chapman? Mark David Chapman. There it is. Yeah, Mark David Chapman was was like I said previous. You know, there's a lot of sort of evidence that links him to being a member of like the MK Ultra program or or Project mm. Monarch, mm -hmm. and he was found with a you know the famous American classic, uh, The Catcher in the Rye, mm -hmm. which was written by J.D. Salinger. But 
apparently that was his, God, why can I not think of what it's called? That was his, it's not like code word. It's like, um, you know, and like La Femme Nikita and like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like what, um, like their like activation, it, it, whatever the thing was that basically yeah. makes them. Whatever they're. Click into. Yeah, a trigger word. Trigger, yeah, yeah, trigger, that's it. And so, yeah, he he was kind of, you know, there, there's a lot of conspiracy theories about that as well. Man, it's so funny, and not to bring it back to Columbo, but I literally <laughs> just watched an episode of Columbo where this kind of happened. There's this psych, uh, psychology what? professor, and uh-huh. he used sort of, uh, he taught all these students about like trigger words and like being able to mm-hmm. uh, b- control your emotions and stuff by having like your own personal like secret word and all this kind of stuff. Well, mm-hmm. anyway, in the episode, he ends up killing a colleague so that, you know, he can get further and write a book. I, I don't remember why. Like I said before, I kind of fast forward through the murder and just watch when Columbo gets on the scene, but he had trained his dogs, these two Doberman pinchers, mm. that whenever he said a certain word, they would like yeah. kill somebody. Well, Columbo figures that out, and at the very end of the episode, Columbo kind of sets him up to where, you know, in order to kind of incriminate him officially, the dogs are present, and mm-hmm. the psych professor basically uses that word. And all of a sudden, the dogs like jump on Columbo, and they just start licking him. And so Columbo basically tells him that he reprogrammed them for that word, mm. so that they would like kiss instead of kill, kind of thing. And then it was just like this whole thing. Mm. But it's so weird that literally we're talking about this, and I just watched an episode. See, Columbo, you know, I gotta tell you, <laughs> it's the best show ever, man. Yeah. What are you What are you watching it on, by the way? What like, are you watching it on? Oh, um, like where do you stream it? From? YouTube TV. So oh, it comes yeah. on some random channel. I don't, you know, I don't even yeah. know. And so it just with YouTube TV, you can kind of program it to kind of mm-hmm. like an old VCR record. record whenever it's on. Which actually, I hated YouTube TV at first, but uh, my buddy Obe gave me the, uh, well, you know, well, an additional login. So we don't, uh, cool. may not be legal. Anywho, going back to the, like the Stephen King thing, apparently it's like very loose, like uh, doesn't really hold a lot of water. This guy named Steve Lightfoot in 2009, somewhere in I think Sarasota City or something, in a town council meeting, basically announced that the real c- culprit of the murder of John Lennon was none other than Stephen King. He talks about how the FBI and Ronald Reagan and Richard Nixon sanctioned the murder because they didn't like Lennon's anti-war cause. And mm-hmm. all this kind of stuff. That also, like Chapman and, and Stephen King, kind of looked similar back then. I don't know. Anyway, I, I read that and I was like, uh, "That's weird." I mean, boy, that is a reach. But well, listen to. Th- I do think that's why he was killed, though. I think that is. Yeah, I don't dead know. Dead on. There's there's something going on there. All right, so here's another just like completely bizarre and almost easily dismissible, but it's like. Whenever they're this bizarre, it's like you can't dismiss it because why in the world would anybody think yeah, this? Yeah, those are the best, actually. This one is Rivers Cuomo from the front man from Weezer is mm-hmm. actually Kurt Cobain. Yeah, you mentioned this to me briefly like a week ago, and I was so intrigued with mm-hmm. this. So basically, the theory goes, Kurt Cobain faked his suicide, completely revamped his look, got cleaned up, kind of... Wow. Uh, devoted himself to the facade. But even timeline-wise, I don't understand how that works out because, well, I guess like the Blue Album no, came out worked. in 94. Well, well, wait, when did when did Kurt Cobain die? I, Kurt Cobain, quote-unquote, allegedly died mm-hmm. April mm-hmm. of 1994. You ready for this? Okay. The Weezer Blue Album is released May 10th, 1994. Now that's uh, a lot of work, a lot of you know, very quickly to transform your look from Kurt Cobain to uh, Rivers Cuomo. Yeah. They don't even kind of look close in terms of uh, <laughs> looks no. go. But uh, you know, I guess to make it a little bit weirder, you know, Weezer performed a uh, full set of Nirvana in 1998. Um, so I don't know. Wow, kind of weird. I, I'm a huge Weezer fan, but from after. Pinkerton on, I have absolutely zero interest in that band. But the Blue Album is probably in my top five mm-hmm. of all time. Yeah, definitely. Me too, man. Blue Album, Pinkerton, yeah. those two, whew, so good. Yeah. I mean, they're still, I can't mm-hmm. lie. 
I still I love certain songs and stuff from other records, but I get it. I mean, it's a little corny. Yeah. And honestly, I think part, I just thought of this, I think part of the reason that I have such a hard time with, with getting into Weezer is I know how good they like can be, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. because of, because the Blue Album was so good and then Pinkerton was so cool. Yeah. It's just like everything else is well, just so You got to think about it this way too, man. In a way, kind of going back to what we talked about where when you're, when you're in a band for so long, I mean, think about it, dude. So, you know, I think uh, Rivers Cuomo is probably what, f- close to 50 now? And he's singing mm-hmm. about like, yeah. how, you know, you just can't. It's cheap. Yeah, man, it, it's kind of tough. Um, Although one thing that I, I, being a songwriter, myself and and ourselves one thing that i i don't know there's an element of this that i like and then there's another thing artistically that i don't like about this but apparently i've heard that he is such a sort of an audiophile and obsessed with music that he has like these binders of songs so basically he would have you know a binder of all hit pop songs um you know that that are in the key of, you know, a certain key and like another binder of songs that are like in, th- in a three, four or four, four signature. And so all these songs that he, he's writing are kind of like created from this like template that's already been sort of done, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like, oh, well, this is a guaranteed, you know, hit song that was, you know, top 40 for 20 weeks or something. Yeah. So let's take this exact template. Let's keep the key. Let's keep the chord structure. You know, we'll take the melody from this other song that was another top 40 pop song, obscure one hit wonder in the 80s. We'll take that melody. We'll put it on top of this. And then we're guaranteed to have like a hit song. And so I think a lot of it, you know, could be that they're kind of like engineered, yeah. you know, they're kind of uh, which, you know, I, I kind of like that, but I kind of hate it. I remember hearing that sort of rumor when he went to Harvard that he studied and kind of became obsessed with figuring out the pop song formula. Right, right. But it was like the, not necessarily like the rock and roll mm-hmm. formula, but like the, it, it could be the, the cheesiest pop mm-hmm. song, you know. Which? He just, he wanted to figure out like the trick yeah. to yeah. writing that song. Yeah. Well, Kind of one of the the other ones that we kind of talked about, but I, th- I think there would be it would be kind of fun to kind of dive deeper into this one and see how much information we could find. Is is Robert Johnson? We kind of told, you know talked about him oh, earlier yeah. and the, being in Crossroads. the Twenty Seven Club, and you know people may remember that Ralph Macchio movie. I think it's called Crossroads. Actually, it is called. Right? Crossroads, it's yeah. kind of loosely Classic. sort of based on this kind of idea where you know Robert Johnson. I mean, he's like a Delta Blues, Mississippi legend, right? Mm-hmm. This is a, a young man that just kind of came out of nowhere and yep. was just like this um, phenomenon, really. And so mm-hmm. allegedly, and I, I would just be so interested to figure out where this kind of lore originated from, you know? Well, I can tell you, actually. Okay. Well, well let me just say well, this. I'll let me just get... say this. So basically, allegedly, Robert Johnson came to a mm-hmm. crossroad where he is said to have taken his guitar you know, midnight or something. Uh, the timing kind of varies a little bit from, from story to story, but basically he went there, allegedly kind of sold or made a deal with the devil yep. in exchange for mastering sort of the blues guitar. Now, apparently before he was just this like blues guitar maestro, he was actually better at harmonica. And then so mm. he just wasn't even good at all at, at guitar. And so right. all of a sudden, just in a matter of a few weeks, he, he just reemerges with this mm-hmm. just, you know, again, like I said, talent that is just going to span the time of history. He will forever be known yeah. as like one of the greatest blues guitarists ever. Well, and, and not even that, but I think it's important to put into context that, uh, so, so basically he was known throughout this town or known throughout the area for being um, a really lackluster musician not not a great songwriter and honestly like at the time the blues i guess it was in a much a much more primitive sort of state where it didn't sound like what we think of now as like the blues so so especially like the delta blues that's where and like the mississippi delta Mm -hmm. that's where 
uh, Robert Johnson was from. And so, you know, when we say like the Delta Blues or the, or, you know, like that style, I mean, he completely created Mm -hmm. that. And so he, terrible songwriter. I didn't know about the harmonica thing. Mm -hmm. That's interesting, but not a good, you know, guitar player or songwriter. And, but apparently he, yeah, he disappeared for, I think several weeks or like several months. Mm -hmm. Do you know that? No, I think what I read was, it was just like a couple weeks and he just kind of reemerged and everybody was like, what in the world? Yeah, he he came back and they said that he had the confidence of like an Mm 80-year-old, you know, badass blues guitarist. And basically that, you know, that blues, that pentatonic scale chord structure would eventually go on to create rock and roll, Mm -hmm. create everything that we know. Mm -hmm. Well, and it spawned spawned so many... Oh, I mean, we would not have rock and roll Mm -hmm. now. It would would sound different. It It would look different than if we didn't have Robert Johnson. So uh, the interesting thing to that, and especially if you look at it as like the the sort of like, uh, especially in the old days, like the Bible thumping kind of like ultra conservatives, mm-hmm. you know, oh, well, rock and roll is the devil's music. Well, if you, if you look at it that way and the concept that, okay, Robert Johnson made a deal with the devil at the crossroads, which are sort of a classic liminal state in, in the paranormal and supernatural sort of folklore, came back, total badass, amazing songwriter, this totally innovative character that was making this music that no one had ever heard before. And you need to, you, you really should check it out, Woody, if you haven't listened to it in a long time. Uh, my buddy Jesse, I'd always been fascinated with his story, but I was hanging out with him years ago at his tattoo shop, Jesse Phillips, and he uh, he was playing it, and it's like, you know, you think you kind of know what the blues are, but it's this really bizarre like style of like this weird like finger picking guitar thing um and it's like his his voice and the guitar are kind of like one sort of sort of moving kind of instrument kind of thing it's really really bizarre and the thing too is like he which this makes sense with him dying at 27 which i didn't i didn't realize but you know there were only so many songs that he even had recorded Mm -hmm. Um, and I think a lot of them were lost and then kind of uh, sort of rediscovered years later and a bunch of stuff like that. But everything that we know is like that would move on to like being like the blues and uh, rock and roll. Every bit of that is linked to Robert Johnson. Yeah. And so if you look at it as like, oh, well, rock and roll is the devil's music. Well, then him making technically they might be right even though they 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 could be dead on yeah (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. so i think that one definitely deserves you know uh uh, a deep a deeper dive there yeah that's a good one by the way shout out shout out to uh steve vi he was the the other like bad guy guitar shredder Mm -hmm. on crossroads Uh, the movie yeah oh wow Man, I got to go back and watch that. Yeah, I remember it being cool, but I feel like it. Might not I feel like it be. may not might, stand might get up. the old Kroll stamp. <laughs> yeah. Which, speaking of that, man, we haven't really. Boy, we've kind of slacked off on the. Yeah, I know. I take going to Disney has really messed me up. Well, yeah, but I, apologize. I mean, well worth it though. Family time, yeah, you know, and yeah. all that. So, so we, we I promise, we're going to get to the fantasy face off because we have to, and I've got these all these VHS movies that I just cannot mm-hmm. wait to start watching. But uh, we just have to kind of readjust the lineup so that they're fairly, the the, the, um, the battles are, I guess, fairly matched or whatever. Yeah, but us not really being sports, well, especially me not really caring about sports mm-hmm. at all beyond the, you know, 90s bulls. Right. <laughs> we, the bracket system that we created was, a little, was just completely yeah, was, not was right. Not right at all. And shout out to our buddy Jeremy who exactly kind of uh, gave us a heads up because he's a humongous basketball fan. And truthfully, like what a, like you and I, what a bunch of knuckleheads. We didn't even think to say, hey man, we're wanting to create. I mean, God. Anyways, next time how he's going to be like the bracket head, system. Yeah, work. I don't know. He's going to be in charge of it. He's our sports. Um, yeah. uh, what would um, what am I looking for here? Sports, like uh, not commentator, but sports expert, uh, but sports. Um, God, what is the word? I know exactly what you're talking about. Sports consultant. Um, no uh, consultant. I mean, that, it could be. He, We're yeah, already he messing that up. So anyway, he's going to be in charge of helping us out with brackets and stuff like that in the future. Look, there's there's a lot of just there's so many random ones, dude. Like that's that's kind of what was extremely intriguing to me was I knew a lot of them. I knew the Paul McCartney thing. I knew the Twenty Seven Club. I knew the Robert Johnson. But when you start, mm-hmm. when 
the things that popped out to me were, hey, man, Stephen King killed John Lennon. Excuse me? Or, hey, man, <laughs> Kurt Cobain changed his identity to Rivers Cuomo. You know, those yeah. kind of things made me think, gosh, I really think we should talk about that today. So, Oh, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Which I, I do think that, that a lot of these do deserve, like, they're a full episode. Like, honestly, the... Uh, you know, I I know I kind of rambled there for a minute, but like the 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 Laurel Canyon mm-hmm. that that um, connection is very interesting to me. It's wild. I mean, the, the just knowing that like, I mean, you have Jim Morrison, Frank Zappa, uh, David Crosby. I think somebody else in Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young. Mm-hmm. I know John Phillips from the Mamas and the Papas. I know um, the dudes from the band America were all kind of like military kids. I don't yeah I don't know if they were yep, involved. America, in the Birds, Graham Parsons, yeah. um, Neil Young. All these people were kids of CIA operatives, mm. and and the, the the sort of the theory is that like, hey, we're going to create this like '60s hippie movement. Ultimately, it was just like a psyop. And uh, I didn't realize this, but like, you know, I read recently that like the CIA had its hand in in uh, you know before sort of mainstream music was kind of a, th- a thing. Really, you know, the CIA had its hand in like art like the art world Mm -hmm. and like boosting these artists for like because this artist would sort of push this like political narrative so we're gonna push a bunch of money and like buy all his pieces and make him blow up so everybody listens to him and it's like it's little things like that that uh you know and 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 sort of the theory behind it you know as far as the laurel canyon stuff in the 60s is that all these musicians were creating this like this movement of music and it was basically like, Hey, listen to, you know, uh, makes you wonder if there's like anything subliminal in there, you know? Oh, well, I mean, you know, and then you can get into like back, what's called back masking and, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, playing your records backwards. There's there's some of that in like, I think some old Judas priest type stuff and a lot of metal stuff, Metallica, uh, Led Zeppelin's a huge, I think that was one of the first big ones. Mm -hmm. You know, the idea that like the CIA is, is sort of, pushing these musicians for, you know, which may not be, like, good things, per se. Mm -hmm. It's really interesting. Uh, Same with the Beatles. That was, Mm -hmm. you know, this is another theory that they were completely put together, completely engineered by this thing called the Tavistock Institute, which is sort of this really bizarre, like, social group of ultra, ultra wealthy people who... Are kind of you know if you know anything about like George Soros, it's like they they kind of push this like narrative of like the, like social movements, you know. And so that's another idea that that they were completely put together to ultimately kind of you know manipulate you know American youth. Mm. Well, uh, so there's a lot of really interesting stuff. I think they manipulated it in a good way, if you ask me, because uh, long live oh, the yeah. Beatles. Yeah, I agree. Although. Uh, uh, well, that's another. That's another. Bo- both Pauls. Yeah, we, both of them. We love them both. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I think out of this, some of these legends, I think, should they deserve their own sort of, if not own mm-hmm. episode, maybe like a combo of just like some of those that we need to dive deeper into. But overall, yeah. I think it's fair to say that uh, you know, look, at the end of the day, we're humongous fans of music. Uh, I, I literally make a, a playlist for almost every activity, including like. What am I going to listen to in the shower today? What am I going to listen to on the way up to my office? Or what am I going to listen mm-hmm. to on the way up to the grocery store? Or whatever it is. And you've done that since I've man I, that I've I've, I've known mm-hmm. you since the first time I met yeah. you. You were making mixtapes, mix CDs, so that, like, and, like just everything, man. Yeah, it, it, like you would show up and like the highlight. Well, first off, you would typically be late because you're like no 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 burning hold and, on a second no 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 I'm I was late all the time too I but I don't think saying, I was ever late well there were a lot of times they that call you me were punk, late because punctuality <laughs> punctuality brown go ahead uh no but you you would have you you know you would create this entire like mix CD mm-hmm. of all these songs that like some songs that we love some songs that like you knew that I would be into mm-hmm. that I had heard mm-hmm. yet and I mean we were we have been massive audiophile obsessed Mm -hmm. music fans uh for years and years so anytime we can talk about this stuff i'm a huge i'm i'm always in yeah man well dude also uh all you folks out there if you know of any cool uh conspiracies related to pop culture or the music world Mm -hmm. 
especially the ones that may not be widely known yeah. about, we'd love to hear them. Yeah, for sure, man. And and I wouldn't limit it to like like you said, kind of not limited to music, but like you know, actors, actresses, um, oh, movies, yeah. those kind of things. I, I love hearing about that, and especially like Tyler said, the ones that aren't sort of forefront in everybody's mind. You know, uh, mm-hmm. the more weird. Uh, the better, really. Yeah. Look, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, thank you guys so much for like interacting with us. I think really, truthfully, the best place to kind of hang out with us, interact with us, ask us questions, um, talk back and forth really is our Instagram page. You can always, you know, shoot us an email as well at uh, that would be rad pod yeah. at com. especially if you have uh, interesting things that you want us to cover um, on mm-hmm. the show. Also, man, Thank you to mm-hmm. everyone that is buying our merchandise in our store because, mm-hmm. gosh, it is just awesome to think about folks all across the country and the world, for that matter, supporting us and representing our podcast. Um, it's mm-hmm. interesting, you know, there's kind of been an array, because we have so many designs, there's kind of been an array of, of um, different things that people have bought. But I'm going to post, uh, or we're, we're going to post later this week, some of the the top sellers that are just kind of flying off the shelves, so to speak, um, right now. So, um, you know, again, sorry for like the rambling, but I personally have missed being behind the mic and uh, just being able to just ramble on with with my best friend for mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's been three weeks or more uh, since Disney, and I'm just so happy to be back. You know, thank you guys so much coming back week after week. Without you, we, uh, well, we probably would make the podcast, but it would just be for the sake of posterity for our kids to listen to. But, you know, you guys make it fun and worth doing. Totally make all the work that that goes into these things, you know, worth it. So um, we appreciate you. We thank you. And as always, be rad. Future would be a parade of flowers